0: Hey, welcome to week number two of our Summer Vibes message series. We're so glad that you're here with us. We're talking about how do we make the most of the summer, enjoy it. In fact, uh, it's a time of the year where the days are longer, the the sun is out, the weather's great. And we're talking here at Echo, how do you be intentional with this extra time? How do you use it to reflect in your life? And today you're going to hear a message about how do you use your time to reconnect with people in your life that you love? So speaking of people that I love, Pastor David Hibiski, our South San Jose campus pastor, is going to be bringing the message. But before we go there, I want to make sure that you know in two weeks we're kicking off a brand new teaching series called At The Movies. This series is long anticipated because we take some of the biggest blockbusters, we look at the themes of those movies, and then even what the Bible says about those themes, and we apply them to our lives. It's a great series to bring a friend, a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, because throughout that series, we're gonna give away free movie tickets to all of our guests. It's gonna be amazing. So mark your calendars, bring somebody with you, and let's be praying that God uses that series in a very powerful way to help our church do even a greater job of reaching the community around us. Now, for today's message, I wanna encourage you to lean in to what Pastor David has to say. Also, don't be intimidated. Pastor David has um, really, really good posture. He can make you feel like your posture is really bad. When he comes out and he's walking like this, um, he he looks a little bit scary, but he's a really, really nice guy. And he's going to talk to you today about how to reconnect with people in your life that matter. I want to encourage you to put your hearts um, in a place to receive. And let's put our hands together as Pastor David comes to the stage.
1: What's up, Echo? Wow, it is great to be here with all of you. And I'm so thankful for that introduction. Because now you're all paying attention to how I'm standing and I'm now self-conscious. I also want to say thank you, Pastor Andy, for wearing that tank top and making me feel inadequate about my biceps as well. We appreciate you for so much and everything that you do for us today. Hey, I wanna welcome all of our campuses who are jumping in with us, as well as of you who are online. We are in week two of a great teaching series called Summer Vibes. And I don't know about you, but I love summertime. Anybody else, like summer is your favorite season? Come on, let me see your hands. That's the fun people, you are my people, we like to hang out, all right? So summer, like here, here's why I like summer. One, the days are longer, right? It is depressing to get in your car at 4.30 and it is pitch black outside. You have more sunshine, you have more time, you have great memories, you just want to play. But then there's also like when I look back over my life in summer, is where I have some of my greatest relational memories with people, right? Like I I go outside on a summer evening even now, and I can very quickly be back as a kid out in the driveway with my dad. We always did like washing the cars and cutting the grass in the summer evenings. That smell of water on the pavement, you're like back at like five years old running around with your dad right now. You know, I can think back about going to my grandparents in Indiana and going to 4-H county fairs, and they got this thing called tractor pools, I know, it sounds like super country, but it's awesome as a kid, let me tell you something. You know, we go do that, we'd, we'd be surfing with friends in college, now getting get to make memories with my kids now in summertime, and it's just awesome. I love summertime, and, and I bet for you, and for a lot of us, we can look back, and there's probably some relational memories that happen in summer for us, with your parents, with grandparents, with friends, anything like this, and, and summer's really that time where we can slow down and connect in our relationships. But as we get older as adults, what happens, right, like when you go through college, you feel like you're in a time warp, you have all the time in the world to hang out, and all of a sudden you're out and you're like in a career, then you get married, then you got kids, and you got all these other things going on, and so much more is competing for your time. So so it's like there's still a hunger for relationships, but now I got this competition that is also starving me as well for my relationships. And so today, we want to stop and just talk about how can we use summer to invest in the relationships that God has put in our lives and around us. And so we're going to jump in today, but before we do that and get, really get practical, I want us to see why relationships are such a big deal, and they really do actually matter to God. In fact, when Jesus would be asked one time, he would be asked, what is the most important thing or things or commandments that we can give our lives to and when Jesus was asked just picture this like like you're around and somebody asks Jesus the question everybody just kind of leans in a little bit because they all want to hear what really matters in life and what do I give my attention to and Jesus would respond to this crowd into this question by saying these words he said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind This is the first and greatest commandment. So in other words, what he says is the greatest thing you can do, the number one is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He says the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets. So in other words, what he's saying right here, to summarize it for them, if you take a Bible and you look at the Old Testament of Scripture, that was the Torah, that was the law and the prophets. Jesus is basically talking into a Jewish audience. He's saying, everything that you have in your scriptures hinges on these two commandments. So so notice this right here real quick for a second. Jesus says, listen, everything hinges on these two things to love God and love other people and and he answers the question about what's most important not by giving a list of do's and don'ts, not by giving tasks, not by saying you need to be religious and this is what religion looks like. He answers it by saying it's about relationships. This is all about relationships. Everything sums up and comes down to relationships. First with God, and second, with other people. So it's all about our relationships. And that's why when we come into our lives and we look around, we, we have this almost like this desire for relationships because God wired us for relationships. Jesus says relationships are the most important. And so then we come down to this point, especially in like a summer season, and we say, How do I manage all of this? How do I manage all these relationships? But if we can look at this, and the reason we want to talk about this today is because when we look at the season of summer, what we see is that summer is a unique season with unique relational reconnection opportunities. Now, think about this for just a minute. Summer is a season. It comes around every year. It's pretty predictable that it's going to come. It has done that for centuries And it's there. It's an awesome season. There's more daylight. Stuff grows in summer. It's warmer. Everything is like it comes. And, And in every season, there are some unique things that happen. But there's also some unique opportunities that come up. Now, in life, there's seasons in life. Some of the seasons in life, we have different focuses. But then there's also different opportunities that we can seize or grab a hold of. And when we think about summer, there are some unique opportunities to reconnect relationally with people that come up because it's summertime. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today and really get practical to say, how can we begin to take what Jesus said is most important and put it into our lives? Now, we could take what Jesus said and go, oh my gosh, I've got to like love everybody equally the same and we're going to like stress ourselves out and die But we can also look throughout scripture and we see there's different levels of relationship that God calls us to prioritize. Now, we're gonna love everybody, but some levels of relationship are gonna get more attention, they're gonna get more time, they're gonna get more of our energy, they have more access. Not everybody can have equal access and equal time and equal everything. You can't do that. So let's start by looking at these levels of relationships. I wanna encourage you to take down some notes and even write down, maybe underneath some of these, what is that one or two things that you say, I feel like that's my area. That's what I need to focus on this summer. And let's try to get practical to live out what Jesus says is most important. Now, the first level of relationship that we're gonna see is our relationship with God. In fact, this is where it all starts. Jesus even said the greatest thing, the number one, first and foremost, is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And let me tell you something. Summer is a great time to really connect and develop our relationship with God. I mean, we already said that there's more sunshine, so you're already happier. I mean, seriously, you think about it. Like, I I, I love now being able to get up in the mornings, and that's usually when I read my Bible, I take time to pray, things like that. And the sun's coming up, I got coffee, and I'm like, this feels great and I got some more time. I feel more margin. It feels like there's more time in our day when we can come and connect with God, and and, and this is really important for us to start here because we may have a bunch of other broken, jacked-up relationships, and they're going to stay broken and jacked up if we don't come here first because this is the central point that holds every relationship together. Now, I want us to hear a verse that that James, the half-brother of Jesus, would write to the early church. And he writes this in James 4, verse 8. He says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. This simple verse should have a profound impact on our faith and understanding of our relationship with God. I mean, come near to God, and he'll do what? He reciprocates. He comes near to you. And so many times, I think I hear people, and I even said this myself, as people say, Well, where is God? Or I've always believed in God, or I want to experience God more. But when I read this verse, it challenges me to ask the question Okay, if I want all these things, I want to know where God is, I want to experience Him more, am I taking steps toward Him? I mean, am I actually doing something? This moving me towards God, so God's going to come near to me. And then there's a, there's another verse in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen where God is speaking, and He says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." Listen to this. You may be coming in today at one of our campuses, even, and you may be I've shown up to Fremont this morning, and you're like brand new to church in general, never been there anywhere, and you come in and you're saying, "Okay." I'm here for some reason cuz something's missing, something's here and you're seeking and looking and this is what God says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's a promise that when we are proactive, when we're looking for God, when I'm seeking for him, I'm going to find him. Now how many of you have played hide-and-go-seek? Go ahead, in all of our campuses. You played hide-and-go-seek at some point. You know what it's like to hide. You're like, oh, man. You start getting nervous, you know, when they get closer and all this stuff. And you're, like, crouched down. And you're like, I can't breathe any louder because you're the hider. But if you're the seeker, you're the one who's going and finding, what do you have to do? You have to intentionally look. You, it takes time. Now, thankfully for me, when I play hide-and-go-seek with my kids in our house, <laughs> They hide in the same places every time. So it's a little bit of an unfair advantage uh, for me. Uh, but, but, you know, when you're seeking, you are looking intentionally and taking your time to go find this person. Well, this verse is really saying, listen, when you seek for God, when you take intentionality, when you take time, then you'll find God. But here's an important part that I think what helps us and we have to understand when it comes down to seeking God is that you've got to recognize your need to seek God. If you don't feel that you need it, you won't do it. I mean, it's just natural human tendency. We all do it. Until the pain gets so great, we don't change our habits. We change health habits when a doctor tells us that we have to. We change daily habits or we change something in our marriage because our marriage is on the rocks. We change habits in our job because we just got written up. I mean, like, until we actually need to, often we don't change it, but we've got to change something in our thinking to recognize that we have a need to seek God. Now, let me, let me try and illustrate a little bit like this. So I, I recently uh, moved campuses from our North San Jose campus down to our South San Jose campus. Been down there for about two months or not even two months yet. And uh, shout out to the South San Jose crew. Love you guys. Can't wait to be back down with you next week. Uh, but here's one of the things about South San Jose that maybe you don't know at our other campuses is that we have a unique privilege. We have a unique privilege aside from everybody else, and that's the fact that we are the portable campus out of all of our campuses here at ECHO. So what that means is every, every Sunday, we have the opportunity to get up early, come in there, pulling in trailers, and transforming a high school into a campus where somebody is going to step on that campus that day and they're going to meet God it is awesome. The team camaraderie that's there, the warrior spirit, the, jo- the joy of people first thing in the morning. Y'all, and we even get to drive trucks and trailers, and I love teaching people to drive the trucks and trailers on there. In fact, my assistant, Leah, just learned how to back up a 30-foot trailer. It's time for some of y'all dudes to man up. Let's go, right? Like, come on. You know, so we get to do all these things, and, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Most of the time what can happen is we can look at all this extra work we got to do, getting up early, and we can see it as a burden. But if we will take time to let God change our thinking and transform the way that we see it, then it becomes a privilege. And and I am not strong enough to go, I love getting up early and let's go do all this to keep my thinking that way. So I have to recognize my need to seek God every Sunday morning before I show up to keep my attitude, my heart, and my willingness in check and ready to go. So you know what that means for me? That means now my new rhythm in order to get 25 minutes of prayer, Jesus, and coffee in and sit there and let God get my thinking right for the day I get up at 4 a.m. on Sundays now, because I have to leave my house at 5, and we get to go set up, and we get to do it. But listen, that time with God shapes everything that I think about that day. It shapes the way when we hit a problem or a snag, instead of going, oh man, I really hate that we have to do this. It's like, oh no, baby, that just means God's going to do something more. It changes your thinking when you let God do that. So listen, here's what's important when it comes down to seeking God. Is that seeking God means we recognize our need for him and then here's the application. Listen, and we tell our time where to go so he is a priority. I don't tell you I get up at 4 a.m. because I want you to go, oh, he gets up at 4 a.m. or oh, look at him. I tell you that to go, I am not strong enough and I recognize my need and I'm telling my time where it's gotta go so I'm in the right spot when I show up. See, across our lives, we have time for what really matters. We just have to see it as a priority. And when we recognize our need for him, he gets time because we make the time for him. So we've got to come in and begin to think about uh, seeking God let me give you another illustration let me, let me introduce you to Elijah Elijah is down on our South San Jose campus and he just got baptized three weeks ago at South San Jose and Elijah was up this morning pulling trailers down there he's part of our 6:30 a.m first wave team that comes in setting everything up and Elijah is starting to take steps to follow Jesus now Elijah let me tell you a little bit about him he, he got baptized. He's asked to go to lunch with me already twice to know more about following Jesus. He's looking for other guys who are further ahead of him in his faith and trying to ask questions. He started on his own initiative reading a reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app. He came and attended Activate. I mean, I'm just telling you some of this stuff. He is actively trying to take steps to seek God and experience him more in his life. And because of his humility and his action combined, he will experience God more than many other people. You see the correlation here? We want to experience God. we got to take the steps to seek God and recognize the need. So so here's what we can do. This summer, what we can do is say, hey, I'm not going to miss a Sunday. I'm going to be pouring in and listening to the service, the message, and saying, God, what do you want to say to me? I'm going to carve out 15 minutes in the morning. Listen, you can do 15 minutes. I'm going to carve out 15 minutes. I'm going to learn how to read like a verse And pray two things. God, help me with this. I'm going to ask somebody to help me read the Bible. I'm going to show up at Alpha because I've got questions. You're new to church at one of our campuses. You can come to Alpha and ask questions, understand God, and you can come show up this summer and really take an intentional season of pursuing and seeking God in your life. And the reason I want to spend time right here is because this is the most important relationship. If we don't get this one down, then the rest of them, we can't get in the right order. So summer is a unique season with unique relational reconnection opportunities. Now, the second level of relationship that we want to look at today outside of relationship with God is our relationship with family. And when we look at our family circle right here, now just disclaimer, we can't get into everybody like your aunties and your uncles and your cousins and your third cousins and those that, like, they kind of are part of your family but you don't really know. Like, in Filipino world, like, everybody's an aunt and an uncle, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, we can't get into all that level, okay? We're just going to talk through a few levels right here around who really, like, is and so we can see how God calls us to prioritize family. Now, outside of a relationship with God, when you look at family, if you are married, right, the spouse— is the number one relationship in your world. Outside of God, if you're married, spouse is number one. Now, now where this gets kind of like turned around backwards sometimes, I see people when, when kids come along, like the kids start to drive the show, right? Like everything revolves around the kids, everything happens here. But parents, listen, the best thing that you can give your kids is a healthy marriage. That's the best gift you can give them. And then, this is the other thing that happens sometimes when we look at marriage, is sometimes we get in this weird dynamic with parents, right? L- listen, when God instituted marriage, this is what it says back in Genesis. It says, the man and the wife, when they become, or the man and woman, when they become, come together, they leave their mother and father, and they become one flesh. It does not say the man and the woman bring their parents together and the six become one. Like, <laughs> it does not say this, people. So some of you are like, you're like elbowing your spouse right now, but just hang with it for a minute, all right? The number one relationship, because we're going to talk about parents in just a minute, all right? The number one relationship is your spouse. So if you're married, just think about this. When was the last time you went on a date? When was the last time you had a weekend away without kids if you have them? When was the last time you sat down and you talked about something meaningful or you just laughed? When was the last time you sat outside and you watched the sunset without a a TV, a tablet, a phone, anything like that, and you just held hands? I mean, when was the last time you took time to cultivate this? Because, listen, if you see your marriage as a priority, then you'll take action on it. And you'll do these steps. And we have to let God challenge us to take steps towards our spouse in these areas and to begin to work on our marriage. Because, listen, healthy marriages don't occur by accident or by default. You realize that? Murphy's Law, everything is breaking. It applies to your marriage. But healthy marriages require intentionality and investment. You want to have a healthy marriage? Don't put it on autopilot. You want to have a healthy marriage that goes the distance for decades? Intentionally invest in it. And you'll get results based on your investment. See, God is calling us to prioritize marriage. I mean, this is why Paul even writes in scriptures in Ephesians 5 and Philippians 2 and and so many other times. He talks about the relationship in marriage, how we serve and lead and and care for and pray with and support one another, how we come towards each other, how we uphold the marriage unity. I mean, this is a big deal. And so you may have to go back this summer and look at some of your habits. Like Kendall and I, we prioritize getting kids in bed on time because then that's date time every night. That's time for us. We prioritize getting a date in a couple times a month. We prioritize time away. We don't have any family here, but because it's a priority, we find a way. And you've got to find some ways to prioritize your marriage. Now, the second layer here, a level of relationship within family, is that with our kids. So if you're a parent and you have kids, this is super important.